Hi everyone, welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I am your host Lily, and I have with me Chase. Yo yo, ah, that sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. No. <laughs> I'm Chase. What's up, guys? And we are a paranormal podcast with a pub-like atmosphere, and we are going to try to scare you. But my goal is to scare Chase. And at the end of the episode, I try to scare her back. For- <laughs> I'm going to scare you right back. <laughs> we're going to get revenge. And today, because we're feeling lazy, we're going hardcore with just straight up gin shots. Mostly because we have no ingredients. We're just doing gin. Yeah, it was also a rough day. So That's we're true. Just, it was a rough day. We're trying to enjoy. We're starting our weekend early with the podcast. Indeed. So let's actually... Let's, Let's take a do shot that. Right now. Yeah, okay. Let's just start this strong. <laughs> Cheers to fear. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> now that we're one shot down, it's time for you to start scaring me, Lily. Now, I don't know if I want to scare you versus just make you sad. So, oh it's God. one if of those. Has, no. <laughs> if this has like that poor kid in the attic again, I'm going to stop you no, right now. No, but no. Sort of. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, that's episode one. Yeah, that it was. <laughs> it was. Poor kid. Um, no, this one is about the Overton Bridge. Mm. It is located in Scotland, in West... It's Dun- a very appropriate Scottish name, too. You wouldn't find that bridge Overton. in, like, Florida. <laughs> no. Although, if there is one, let us know. Uh, this one is located, or, like, the bridge itself. It's located in West Dunbartonshire. Which is northeast of Glasgow in a place called Dunbarton. Yep, that's where (laughs) I've got got family from that region. That's right. And so, uh, yeah, people believe that there is something very paranormal about this bridge Mm. because there have been an unnaturally large number of dog suicides. Wait, wait. (laughs) Wait, what? Right? Yeah, exactly. So... Let's let's uh let me go into it. Okay, so before before we go into it, I didn't know dog suicide was a thing. Dun dun dun. Let alone that there were places where it was more prevalent. <laughs> I know that dogs get sad and maybe they'll stop eating, but I mean, when you say bridge, I'm assuming you mean dogs are jumping off the bridge. Correct. So are they following their masters? Or is this by themselves? Well, Oh, we're going to get to that. I'm going to get to all oh, of that. Okay. I will either answer your questions or it will lead us to more questions because I feel like that's what happened to me. I don't think I've ever been more sad about something so ridiculous as the concept it's of It's just dog so suicide. ridiculous. I know. Do cats kill themselves? No. Yeah, it's because they don't fucking care. <laughs> like, well, and they'd have to kill themselves nine times for it to actually like work. Yes. If that was a real thing, they would have to kill themselves you know nine it's times. A real thing. <laughs> sure. I saw Batman Returns. I know, totally. It's true, obviously. Great documentary. Uh, these unexplained dog deaths have been occurring since around the nineteen fifties, sixties ish. And since then there have been six hundred reports of dogs leaping to their death. Well, that's that's a, a little misleading because only about 50 have been actually confirmed that died. Whereas most of them, when they jump, even though at its high, its highest point on the bridge is 50 feet, that's a lot of them far. survive, though. A lot that's, of them survive. Uh, it's going to be a really painful survival. I'm not saying that they that they're looking good. So, but when they say when they say reports yes. of dogs jumping. Is this because they found dogs at the bottom and that's the port? Or you actually saw, like, a guy said, I literally just saw a dog jump off the bridge. They're usually, like, 
it was a dog owner who reported something like that or someone that oh, okay. would have witnessed. So it was seen. Yes. It's not just the I, bodies. Is the... As far as I've read, there wasn't anyone ever talking about how, oh, they keep finding dogs at the bottom of it or anything like that. It's like we saw them jump. It is estimated that there is at least one dog every year that jumps off the bridge. So let me give you some more information here. I'm actually kind of scared about this because this is very unnatural to me. But maybe maybe there's a whole world of dog suicide I don't know about. The bridge itself was built in 1895 because the property owners needed a better passageway for carriages to get to the house. Um, Because at the end of the bridge, there's like this giant mansion, castle looking thing. It's a very beautiful building. Fancy. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And it actually, I mean, I think maybe some people would think it looks ominous and darker and you know because it's old gray stone and everything and it does have like castle like qualities and and it and it's amazing and it's in scotland so i think people are like oh it's haunted i think it's beautiful like i would be ecstatic all to, about that. to hang out there yeah never seen a castle look haunted i'm sorry <laughs> yeah so the uh so yeah like that was the reason why it was built there's no do you know what i'm saying no sinister no sure. like like dark history based on the bridge or anything like that it's just a bridge it's pretty normal bridge. Well, yeah. I assume it's been updated because weight ratings for carriages in 1895 are a little different than... Unless it's a small... Oh, like, no, no. Now it's just like people just walk. It's a pedestrian bridge. Oh, okay. Well, I think so. It looks like a pedestrian bridge now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't see it, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about the dog's behavior that is on the bridge. Absolutely. So do you know what I'm saying? Uh, some accounts have claimed that their dogs would suddenly sit and stare into space then slowly make their way to an area in which dogs are most likely to jump over, and then without warning, leap. Okay, when you said staring at nothing, I'm not joking. I totally pictured the one husky from The Thing, <gasps> the one that was oh being God, chased at yes. the beginning, and we find out later is a monster. Sure. No no worry about spoilers. We're talking first like 10 minutes in the movie. Um, but like when he has to go sit with the rest of the dogs and all the dogs are sleeping and, he's just and just kind sits of there, like, and he's got this creepy, dead-eyed stare. And that's kind of what a lot of people have reported. They say that their dogs get either agitated or just behave slightly different. So we're already crossing the territory where, like, even if we're trying to relate this to human suicide, mm-hmm. um, a lot of these dogs seem like they were normal beforehand. We're not talking about, like, a super depressed dog. No, who's not like, at all. No. Like, these are normal dogs who just... Weird. with owners you know what i mean they're not so weird. assuming they have a happy home life like any other dog i would hope they have in my head i just i'm gonna go ahead and assume all dogs are happy because i need i need to believe this right, right. now could you could you willingly buy a second dog if your first one commits suicide you're like i can't do this <laughs> i feel like what am i doing wrong yeah, i'd be off dogs for life oh man off the dog i <laughs> can't do the dog <laughs> um so some dogs that uh like i said that jump did survive however there have been reports that those that did survive, when returning to the bridge, they attempted to jump a second time. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, they serious? were actually being gravitating, yeah, to the exact same area that they jumped previously. It's oh. super weird. Okay. They need to take this bridge down. Like, we need to burn it, for sure. Seriously. Um, almost all the dogs that jumped over the bridge typically jump off from the right side and in between the final two parapets before exiting the bridge so at that point i'd assume unless it's like a cliff face it's not even 50 feet there huh so it 
is they say like it, I, I don't know they maybe it's pretty at low. its highest point it's that's what i read is 50 feet so maybe it is a little lower that actually explains why they might have well that, so that's if it. it's like uh like a valley like a hill sides that but if it's if it's a straight so apparently up there is a drop oh, okay you so know then, what i mean and the bridge doesn't arch you know exaggeratingly so more or less it's 50 feet i'm also day. picturing huge mist whenever this happens Ah. Like it's at night and misty and everything's mysterious. Not like a bright sunny day and everyone's eating like McDonald's. Those are really good questions. And also with that said, I would I would say that I tried looking at when they said right. I'm like stage right? Like from the castle? Or like what are we talking about here? Oh, that's right. Yeah, which direction are you um, But apparently they know what they're talking about. So they said it's always from the right side, whatever that means. Um, other similarities that these dogs have is that the dogs are more likely to jump when the weather is clear and the type of dogs that jump often have longer snouts what i know it's getting it hold on although this starts to make sense for one of my theories or are my there enough dogs for that to actually be considered a statistically significant fact well apparently it is like these are more commonly the type of dogs and when it occurs it's during a clear day so if it's a rainy day and you have a pug you're fine that Although pug, to be fair, that pug ain't jumping. I would be impressed if a pug was able to jump off over that ledge, like yeah. or the the bridge. It's a it's a it's a fairly high wall for a small dog. All right. Yeah, that would be a really jumpy pug, which I've an never e- seen. An eager to jump. Puppy. I mean, at that point, I'd be like, there is something seriously wrong. Not saying yeah. that there isn't already, but a pug, no way. This is some fucked up stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, uh, I completely agree. Uh, let's see. So let's go into the dog psychology. Let's they're, do it. They're do- yeah, exactly. Now, dogs, like you had mentioned before, uh, you were curious about anyway, dogs do not have the mental capacity to commit suicide. That's what I thought. I was like, right. it doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. In order to have suicidal thoughts, you must understand the consequences of life and death. So like the mental capacity to decide that the consequence of living outweighs the consequence of death in order to even contemplate yeah, suicide. I, think, I think they're more it, it that's an abstract this thought. is a super it is and this is a really think, watered down like just concept of suicide from a sure. very low level development sure i mean for, for humans it's such a more complex uh reasoning and, and things like that but to even have the capacity of suicide you have to have this basic understanding well for it to be considered suicide so exactly. maybe accidentally so maybe these dogs are just accidentally killing themselves well perhaps because it, it's just a different concept than what yeah humans i mean to suicide. when you compare their mental capacity uh when it comes to these types of development they're about the range of like a two and a half year old of a human and that's just kind of like a i guess if we have to compare it to humans that would be their ability to understand suicide sure no more or less now there are a lot smarter um they have better abilities than humans do in other regions in other uh development ways but in this capacity they're around the two and a half range of understanding suicide two and a half year old i should say anyway i know an almost two year old and he's mostly focused on throwing a ball onto the roof and waiting for (laughs) it to come down so i totally get what you're saying although i did see him experiment with some rocks but and he, those did not come down, so he proceeded with the ball. Yeah, well, he was sad that the rocks didn't come down. <laughs> so, yeah, this is about the two-year-old brain we're talking about He's here. a cute two-year-old. Um, cute two-year-old, yeah. So, so, yeah, another thing that you brought up earlier, dogs can get very depressed 
to the point where they don't eat or really respond to their environment. And that I was very aware of. That's usually either, from my understanding, had to do with the the way that they're being taken care of or usually there might be something actually very wrong. Like, exactly. And these are in the extreme situations. Like, for example, if they are super old and they know they're going to pass soon sometimes they just let it happen mm-hmm. yeah do you know what i mean like they're I've, very I've actually they're seen so that in weak person that oh gosh i'm so sorry yeah and or they're very sick and they have that same kind of mm-hmm. um understanding that it's it's going to happen but these aren't these aren't this isn't suicide do you know what i'm saying this isn't very them, different this isn't them giving up it's them literally understanding it's already going to happen so i'm just going to let it happen yeah letting go is different than suicide right exactly and that it has been observed in in a lot of mammals actually that's not mm-hmm. just to dogs of course i've had a few friends who have who are cat owners and they say they tend to wander on their own so they don't want to be near you right so right. it's kind of one of those things again like it's not like a dog was feeling like they wanted or thought they were going to die and then leap like trying to get away from you. So again, it, it suicide really isn't a factor here is what I'm saying. I think. No, no, I, I think that's a fair point. But I mean, we are honestly and I mean this with respect. You know, we all we love animals. We love all this stuff. We're talking about the psychology of a creature we can't actually talk to. Okay, that's fair, but... Which makes it very difficult to I fully interpret. I argue, just because I was very interested in the field when I was deciding no, my majors and things like that when I was when I was learning. Yeah. There is so much uh, ways to comprehend not just the, the, the mental capacity of certain animals, but yeah. their behavior, and this obviously requires years, and this requires certain environments... But there is ways to understand it better than what you might think. I think no, no. I, Do you I know what I'm saying? You. I totally. A lot of it is data I totally collection, of course. Yeah. And with that said, the only data that, as far as I was able to read, of suicide, quote unquote, would be over this bridge. So if there was ever oh, an so anomaly, you're saying, you're saying outside of very fringe, exactly specific events, this is the dog suicide that is consistent. To, yeah, we're not talking to even con- contemplate the idea of suicide. So, yes. so, so no aber like excluding aberrations in other right. Like if you see a dog jump at a different bridge, you're like, oh my gosh! But then you realize that is the only dog to ever jump over this bridge, and like it was because maybe he heard his owner down there, and then who knows? Do you so, know what I'm saying? So most other instances that someone might consider dog suicide, it appears for the most part to be single off or very bizarre things. So this is the only consistent like. This is happening. Right. Right. Ooh. All right. That makes this bridge a place I never want to go to. I'm so We are happy. bridging. I'm yeah. so happy to know my family's from this region. It's sweet. <laughs> I know. I felt bad when you were boasting. I'm like Ooh. I was excited. And I still <laughs> and I still can't wait to visit because we barely, we almost visited. So we we, yeah, did we did all the cities in Scotland except for Well, not all the cities. Well no, we did the big cities. We missed We didn't do Glasgow. But except Glasgow, I was going to yeah, say. Oh, so we miss, we miss Glasgow. <laughs> and Dunbarton's just north of Glasgow. Yes. Um, um, so let's get into the theories. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. There are some crazy ones. I'm not going to lie. I Please asked, tell me one of them is aliens. <gasps> oh, my God. No, there actually isn't. I'll, I'll spoil it right now. No aliens. Don't worry for all you alien fans out there. <laughs> I got something coming a little later. It's good. It's good. It should be good, I hope. All right. So tell me these crazy theories. Okay. So the first one is Overton actually means the thin place in Celtic mythology. 
it's believed that these places are closer connected to heaven or the other side, depending on mm. how you are, uh, at what time these mythologies have morphed into from heaven to different like myth- uh, strange, ideologies. Stranger things here going exactly. on, right? Exactly. Right? So... And because it's been long believed that dogs are more sensitive to the paranormal, that there is something actually gravitating. Uh. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, That is such a on-the-surface kind of explanation because it's just based off the mythology of the name of the town itself, not necessarily the bridge. Sure. So I don't know. But if you name the town, the assumption is there's something going on somewhere. And it could be here. So the second theory is... Murder. Wait, what? People using the bridge's haunted history as an excuse to kill their dogs. That is the least likely one I feel. Okay, so one, this would mean that there's a lot of people who are really... That's rude, I think, to the town. Like, that's just rude because a lot of them tend to be locals or people are visiting, but still, like, what's going on here? So, you know, every now and then we hear some pretty horrible stories about, you know, terrible owners with their pets and everything but those are usually just appalling things you know and they're it's not, isolated and, and it's not you considered know. a normal act right so this seems like a considerably large number of dogs this would be but again i guess like what they were trying to imply was again putting the effort still if you were just gonna do it because you're cold-hearted and then trying to get away with it i don't know the laws in scotland about dog murder maybe they're heavier than in the states or in different states here but i do know that there are some people who just think that these are fake stories. Like, you know, they just okay. think people are that mean. And so, so I'm going to say two things why I don't even think that there's a lot of credit to this. I agree. Number one, this sounds horrible once again. It's a horrible notion, but I don't think anyone would think twice if you just said my dog died this morning and all you had to do was hit it over the head and bury it. I'm not joking at No, home. no, you're right. There's so, not I an mean, autopsy investigation. There's no requirement. There's right. no thing. So you could just say my dog died and I buried it in the backyard. So you, you'd be able to kill your dog and you wouldn't have to go out for a walk. <laughs> I don't, no, you're right. You're a you're, horrible you're person, right. the idea of a walk sound. But um, second reason is unless a lot of the people whose dogs jumped are not from that area, like they traveled... That, I wouldn't believe it. So, so I mean, if they traveled, the idea was, oh, man, I need to get rid of my dog, but I hear there's this bridge. We can get rid of it there. Like, if they're coming from far away, I'm like... Like, why would you even bring your dog? Yeah, but if they're all right. locals, it's like, they're already going to be on this bridge. It's not, yeah. It's not a really good theory, but it's I think there. there's... We should talk about it, but There's yeah. someone who mentioned it, I think, and then they just went with it. Uh, the other one is optical illusion. Hmm. So, the dogs are unable to see the top of the like over the ledge because it's a high wall a higher wall they don't realize so they didn't understand that from the level that they approached so the last thing they saw was planes you know what i mean like a field like a like a more level ground and so when they get on the bridge they think think of that they think oh there's just ground on the other side of this wall like you would normally assume i think but that would also assume the dog is just running off and doing his own thing i mean not every some dogs would do that but exactly not every dog precisely there's like quite a large number of dogs to do that to just leap and not all like, dogs hey, you know i met a ton of dogs and there's only a few that from the owner's accounts or just me witnessing that even attempt to jump over walls there really isn't that strange many. Strange walls. They might be used to the ones around their house that exactly. they're familiar with, but a right. strange new wall? Yeah. They're just kind of mm. exploring versus leaping. All right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah. So the optical illusion. And again, uh, with 
that said, when you actually look at the bridge, you can actually see, and there is kind of this canopy of ivy and shrubs and things like that going over the river that runs below it. So it's very actually difficult to see that there's more ground below it. Does that make sense? So if a dog can peer over it, they're going to be like, oh, look, uh, maybe this is the ground. Again, So we're still I don't playing know. with the idea that a dog doesn't realize it's a bridge. It's, it's high And up. just yeah. thinks he's just jumping over a wall to another level of ground. Yeah, which brings me to my next theory, the sound of water. So basically mm. that, since there is a river and it's fairly loud, that since dogs, you know, generally do enjoy water, um, they just hear the water and then jump, thinking, oh, I'm going to jump in a puddle or some sort of river that's literally right there oh it seems like a bit of a stretch yeah also testable because you can you could get really good microphones from that area record it and play it to a dog and see how they react but then then again it's not the best reaction because the animals react with all their senses not just their hearing and like we said earlier they don't have the same abstract thought as us so okay okay yeah that would be that that would be kind of hard to test well i mean the fact is that no matter what recordings we we get through the microphone they're already hearing it way better than us so there's another one this one's this one's a little crazy this one's the whistling wind theory now there's a wind that comes down the valley that is apparently in the direct path that runs through the middle of the bridge Mm. now some believe that this could create some whispers or sounds or uh attractive sounds for dogs and like then a siren call to puppies. Something going on, and then they just follow it. I I like you know. this theory. This is my favorite one so This one far. came from a psychic. Oh, you just <laughs> ruined it. Oh, I hate psychics. Okay. I'm so... All right, so no, I have to be real. Like, I what's going on? I don't think they're actual whispering winds, though. I was thinking that the idea that a sound could be misconstrued or misheard or make you want to do things um, yeah you never know like you might hear distant like voices said, i mean wind does carry voices you absolutely. never know what they're hearing yeah well when you said psychic i was like oh god she actually thinks the wind is actually talking to them and yeah. i'm like no none of that this is a dog psychic well i think so to bring it to an actual experience we both had when you and me were up at chaco canyon this was almost two years ago now mm-hmm. um, um yeah 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 it's in this very bizarre Landmass. I mean, it is a canyon, but it sounded so different, almost mm-hmm. eerily quiet, and it definitely gave me a level of unease. And I think that that's something to acknowledge. I loved it. I found it so peaceful, and I found it very unnerving. Yeah. And I think it's a good estimate that even with our limited hearing, and dogs have much better hearing, as you mentioned earlier, um, with our limited hearing, how impactful just a change in sound in nature. Mm-hmm. outside can be so maybe maybe there's some credit it to could this be theory something that there's going some on. sound that's right. freaking them out go psychic i don't think it's water though i don't think it's water uh but so, wind man i sound like a good <laughs> job i'm like it can't be the sound of water but i bet this sound which, of wind sounds smart. which of the four elements is it oh i sound like an idiot all right all right let's keep going i need to hear more so another one the hauntings mm, i love this one already yeah this is good this isn't from a psychic right no all right i like it more already no. But these are just interesting occurrences that that happened on the bridge. So these are reports of people feeling like someone is poking or jabbing them. And these mm-hmm. are direct, yeah, from people. So if they feel like someone is directing them or or something is there, 
then maybe dogs do too, especially since they tend to be or believe to be more sensitive. Right. Um, So yeah, that is one. People actually have had experiences physically. Another one is, this one's weird, um, but I don't know how it fits, but it was something that kept popping up. Okay. In 1994, a man named Kevin Moy believed that the birthmark on his two-week-year-old son was placed there by the devil. Uh-oh, this is not a story that's building well at all. Yep. uh, Warning, this is not a pleasant story. Awesome. Well, I mean, you had to bring us down from the elation of the dog (laughs) suicide bridge. Let's go. You know, you didn't think I could go lower, but here we are. (laughs) Kevin took, this is a sign that that he and his son were bringers of a plague, a virus that will wipe out humanity. So in order to avoid this, he needed to kill himself and his son. So one day when he, his wife, and his child were walking over the bridge, Kevin took this as an opportunity and threw his two-week-year-old son over the bridge. Oh, my God. And he died. And then Kevin tried to jump over himself. However, his wife managed to pull him back. Why would she save the man who just threw her son off a bridge? I think... In just the hysteria, like the panic. I was like, I'm a, I'm a prick. If if someone threw my kid off the bridge, I'd be like, yeah, you better jump off. You're actually die. throwing them off the bridge, too. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that happened. And so when he was arrested, that's when he revealed a lot of the information and what he believed and his manic, uh, crazy thoughts and everything. He even tried killing himself at some point again with a knife. And So you know, he was just mentally disturbed. He was very, very disturbed. And I think this one kind of brings up a lot in a lot of the places that I was searching more information is because why this bridge? Again, why the, is this the only bridge in the area maybe? But Did why, this guy live in the area? Yeah, I guess he was someone okay, that lived okay, there. Okay. Yeah. So um, we can at least just say he's like, where should I throw this baby? That bridge is close. This is now the bridge. I guess. But again, like like we talked about like the murder of dogs and, and all these things. Like why this bridge? So I think there was some sort of association, this kind of like perpetual wondering, is there something going on supernatural about this bridge? Mm. Is there some energy there that is gravitating, that's making people who are vulnerable, who are crazy, who are, or just unknowledgeable, like a dog wouldn't understand, but feel compelled to do something terrible to themselves there. It's totally a story for another episode, but there's a lot of this that reminds me of that bridge that's uh, in northern New Mexico. The suicide bridge? I don't or, know that one. What? Oh yeah, it's. Um, I maybe if you say the name, but I I'm have trying no to idea what remember exactly where it was. I wanted to say it was kind of on the way up to- north towards Taos, but that doesn't sound right anymore. Uh, there's there's a bridge in New Mexico that people commit suicide on all the time. We what? We, yeah, and there's always crews there. Unfortunately, having to recover bodies down really? below. There's big signs saying don't commit suicide. And the thing is, when you actually see photos of this bridge. In the canyons of where it's it's gorgeous. It's Aww. so beautiful. And could I it be accidental or oh, accidental because no, this has been a suicide bridge for a very long time. Well, I'm saying like because it's pretty, and then maybe people are not being safe overlooking. I think at the very if least, it's not a very good area. I, I haven't done a lot of research into oh. it because, as we know, with the dogs, it's a very depressing subject. But uh, I do know that I'm. I do know that there is a considerable number of people who now know that it's a suicide bridge. So when okay. they're contemplating suicide, it becomes like oh, sure. the venue in which to do it. Okay. 
Well, that's not something the dogs know about because the dogs don't have some super network of <laughs> communication. This isn't Penguins of Madagascar where they're all in cahoots and secret organizations. Right, there's no underground uh, dog society. Yeah, this dog. Contemplating. Each dog probably knows like four other dog butts. That's its social circle. Aw, yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is another, just kind of a strange, I don't know if it was a theory, but it kind of like added to the weirdness that might be occurring. Um, another one is the white lady of Overton. White lady of Overton. Yeah. So it's not like just some white lady. It's like she's dressed in white. Oh, okay. Right. Um, the lady of Overton lived in the mansion, the one that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. sometime in the early 1800s. Uh, the legend goes that the lady was so distraught of her husband's passing in 1908 that ever since then she would be walk- she would be seen walking across the bridge every single day with her dogs. Oh, until I she- like a legend, right? Until she passed in 1931. Ooh, that's man. She lived. Uh- what does that make it? Twenty three years later than her husband. Yeah, it's yeah, a long it's time a while. to be alone. Damn. And so she. Damn, this lady would have been old as fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that makes it into the podcast. No. Damn, this lady's old as fuck. Well, no, 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 because I, I think when I, when I read when she was born or something, but okay, anyway, I, I totally, I think I meant to say, because I said she lived in the mansion in the early 1800s, and then I said she, and then she died in 1931. She would have to be like 120 or 130 years old. If it was 1801 to 1931, that's 130 literal years. Oh, right. No, I know. That's if her husband died when she was zero. Okay, let me... (laughs) Let me try to figure out where... That is some creepy child marriage. Let me... So, yeah, like... uh... Okay, so I totally messed up. When I said that uh, she lived in the early 1800s, I meant she lived there in the early 1900s, which is why in my head I'm like, that makes her really old. But You mean to tell me she wasn't like 300 years old? I know. It's like, wait, that makes her like 130 years old or something. <laughs> my husband um, died a century ago. I'm all right. Yeah, it's like, anyway. I'll keep going. So yeah, so like there's some claims that they see her ghost crossing the bridge and then disappearing and some people believe that in the area that they see her is where dogs mm-hmm. would jump. Right near the edge, huh? And they kind of sense her sadness and want to help her. <laughs> and so they leap and then unfortunately leap over the bridge. Now that's just one so of... That makes me love the dogs more and think she's a bitch. I know. I'm like, could you just get your depression out of here, please? Yeah, can you that stop would... ruining other people's lives with your, <laughs> other little with your shit? Innocent creatures. Um, she is also seen, though, however, inside the house. So in the mansion, people believe that they've seen her in the window. So the mansion itself is allegedly haunted, too. Allegedly, yes. So the bridge leading to the haunted mansion is haunted, all right? Very possibly. All right, just, just trying to get Depends everything Depends on who ready. you ask. Are the hills haunted, too? <laughs> you know what? That whole place is haunted. Let's just get rid of it. <laughs> um, so the current owners have been at the house. And when I say current owners, I mean, like, when I saw the interview with them that was like now a couple of years old i'm assuming they're still there possibly yeah, yeah yeah anyway they had been there already for 20 years and they're from texas and they do not believe the house is haunted or nor do they believe that it has anything to do with the dog suicides but i mean they at least acknowledge there's like a serious puppy problem going on well that's really not up to them i, I know, mean it's like, that's like the town that? saying i don't care where are you from like 
this is happening. There's only so many things you can turn a blind eye to. This one doesn't seem like one. Not not really. No. That's a physical evidence of something horrible happening. Oh, puppies. Um, so with that said, this I think this couple is interesting. Um, the current owners did say during interview that they have spotted angels in the house. They go on to tell their experiences that the man <laughs> claimed that he saw a nine-foot figure of an angel that glowed in the room that they called the angel room. Uh, this room was called the angel room long before they arrived because it has a mural of a, in the ceiling of angels. The lady of the house claimed that she has spotted angels in another room sitting on a rocking chair near a window that happened to overlook straight into the bridge. All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I've, been, I've been holding my tongue. <laughs> what? This couple said the house isn't haunted, but they see angels in it? Just... Bear with me here. Yes. And so she, okay, so she says that the angel, the one that she saw, turned to her and said, everything is going to be all right. Then the angel disappeared. After sharing these stories, the interviewer asked again, so after these sightings, you don't believe it's haunted? And the couple looked at her and just said, no, no, this place is absolutely not haunted. We just see angels. So they're kind of crazy, I think. <laughs> I don't I mean, want a bad guess, mouth. I, okay, okay, okay. But, re, but I think maybe they're thinking it's not haunted a, is malicious versus maybe Angel. they're very religious and believe in the heavens yeah, and the angels. Yeah, I guess angels. a follow-up question would be, do you believe this place is blessed or something? Or Right, what would be the question? Like, yeah. Okay, so they acknowledge, so they're acknowledging weird shit's happening. It's just yes. how they're interpreting it. In the same way that the dogs might be interpreting something differently. Perhaps. So yeah. you're saying these Texas people might be dogs. <laughs> they they have the mental capacity of a two and a half year old child. I was just kidding. They're experiencing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're... their development stopped long ago. <laughs> so they acknowledge things are going around in the house, yet they claim it's not haunting. So they, in their head, it's angels. So, but before that, before they moved in it was acknowledged that it was haunted. So it's very hard to get it out of them to say that it's haunted because of these reasons. Now, onto my final theory, and I think it might be the one that you would think is more likely, but it still has its flaws. All right. So before you jump in. I'll I'll be patient. (laughs) I'll hold my tongue. So this theory is called the mink theory. Like the well, animal mink. This is very topical because recent news mink have been all over it. And a lot of people, including me, I always I always knew mink coats were fur coats. Mm-hmm. But I guess I had never realized the animal was called mink. Oh, yeah. That's how stupid I am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I saw like the videos, I was like, I've never seen a mink before. Oh, really? Yeah. So I just think this is topical. It's kind of like I hear about mink on the news for completely different things. And yeah, now, they're like and related. Now you're talking to me about mink. To like ferrets and stuff like that. Yeah. Doesn't that so. credit where when you hear something all of a sudden you're gonna hear it again and again for like months and it's just kind of weird. Well, just because now you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. So dogs are very attracted to the scent of mink. Really. And there are reports of wild mink in the area. Mm. And so m- many people believe that there's a large group of them roaming around the bridge. Animal habitat expert David Sexton did an experiment. He did multiple experiments. He did uh, trying to, kind of what you were alluding to with sound, seeing if sure. there's something that they can pick up that we're not hearing that they are. Maybe there's something 
I like this guy. Something else going on that we're just we're not understanding. He's, he's probing the he's, options. Yeah, he's going down to the dog's level. Like they're like they're hypersensitive of hearing. Is there something they're catching? He couldn't find anything. Okay. Um, so what he actually ended up doing is that he conducted an experiment where they placed mink's scents in random areas in an open field. And then he got 10 dogs with long snouts, because remember, that's one of the uh, type of dogs that tended to jump over the bridge, and release them. And seven out of the 10 dogs immediately gravitated to the area containing mink scent. Interesting. Yeah, and it so is also... it's kind of like uh, catnip, almost. A little bit. I mean, it's not like they can't get enough of it. It's just that they're oh, okay. they're more We're inclined. not seeing like a daze, like, no. just shove my No, they're just kind this. of excited, like, oh, mink, you okay. know? Um, and again, I don't know if I mentioned this actually earlier, but dogs with longer snouts tend to have better sense of smell. Mm. So because Bringing it back. Right. So if that's a characteristic of a dog that is most likely to jump, this would actually fit into this theory. Some sort of scent that they're picking up. Now, however, there is conflicting research. Uh, some other people have investigated the area and they've said either one, there is no mink that they can find, really, in that region. But I actually disagree. I think there has been enough reports of mink sightings or, you know, understanding that they're in the area. Because then, two, others say that although they know mink exists, there's no substantial evidence to suggest that there's more around the bridge than anywhere else. So if they're going to feel compelled to capture, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why jumping over the bridge to get to the mink if it's no more or less available anywhere else? Mm, but this could tie into one of the other theories. There's something about the wind or whatnot that makes it seem like it's there, right maybe. there. You got the wind thing. To, <laughs> you really like that I one. I like the wind one. I, yeah. I don't know why. So, yeah, that is um, that is it. I, so, I, you know. I like that theory. It's an interesting theory. That there might be something that they're really excited about, but maybe it's a combination, like I said earlier, of, of like wind and smells coming together, and the and the dogs just like maybe what they see it doesn't look like it's a bridge. They're getting like wind wafts of mink odor, Very and possible. they're just getting pretty excited. I feel like it's 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 pretty good, but it doesn't explain everything because if they were going to want. To get to the mink, like they have a scent, and I guess I understand what you said, like with the wind and everything. But and some, the visual, like everything, could be just confusing to the dog, right? right. At that vantage. But sometimes, like there have been reports where people have been on the edge or like walking along, and if they were gonna smell it from there, they would just go down into the river, like you know, sure. descend that way. Sure. But people have said that they've seen the dogs run to the bridge only to jump off of it so they wouldn't have smelled it they wouldn't have been compelled from down there mm. so yeah there's a lot of different reports from people and, and these are people who are like care about their animal and say this is what i saw i have no idea what possessed my poor dog to to jump over the bridge and a lot of them say from not on the bridge they ran to it jumped again in that very specific area to the bottom of the river so I've got two suggestions. I want more than anything to know what's happening here. Like, I, I really want to know. But until we find out what's going on, one, hire wall on the bridge. I mean, seriously. <laughs> just some fencing. Even if it's just in the area where the dogs seem right. particularly inclined to jump. 
Yeah. And two, apparently some people don't seem to believe in it. Just put a leash on. If you're going to walk across the bridge, put a leash on your dog. There is. And, well, it wasn't apparently encouraged before, but now there is a sign that says, Dangerous Bridge, please keep your dog on a lead. See, that's, yeah. Okay, so they have a sign. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're an owner of a dog and you know about this bridge and you walk across that bridge without your dog on a leash, you're maybe not a good owner because you don't know what's going to happen to your dog. Maybe. I mean, again, a lot of the reports, like if you go... And just look at some videos or people, you know, talking about it. You can read some articles. And they say, my dog never jumps. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not equality and, you know, that kind of behavior. And they tend to be controlled. Granted, I, I understand you always get those owners who are like, he's usually really nice. And then he's like snarling at you. And you're like, I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. Like, I'm pretty I sure. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Um, I don't know. So that's my story. It's a very strange one. Because I do find it creepy. I really didn't have an answer. Well, it's and bizarre. It's still happening. You know what I'm saying? Like there are still dogs trying to jump over that damn bridge. I don't think any of the theories work for me, but I think it's probably a combination. But I think the one that I like the most is the sound, the wind. That maybe maybe it's even like a kind of whistling that we can't detect. That's you know kind of like that dog whistle. You know, and oh, dogs yeah. kind of run towards the whistle. Yeah. Maybe it's creating a high pitched thing that just the dogs like boom, I'm out. And that guy who conducted the experiment, I don't know what the extent of it was. Sure. I'm sure if there is a documentary about it, I didn't see it. But he did mention that he tried to capture on clear days, on windy days, on whatever, different climates, I think, trying to figure out. But I think he was trying to just get a general, you know, a general capture of sound that occur naturally. Um, you know, is there like a like a low rump? The hum, you know, I don't know. You know, is there something going on? Yeah. Is there something else going on here that we're not hearing? Like we can't hear. Interesting. So I don't know. Maybe. So I found this one. This might be, I think, this and the hum are the two creepiest stories you've told me. Really? Because I can't explain them, but I want to investigate the fuck out of them. (laughs) Yeah. These will sound pretty cool. You know what? I might actually be willing to go to this bridge if we go up there. I kind of want to see. I want to go to where they're going and I want to see if I sense anything but you might want to put me on a leash i might i might need to put you <laughs> just on a in leash. case i mean i know i'm a little bit heavy but you'll be able to pull me back i'll just tie you around yeah. the bridge so you so at least you just dangle there <laughs> just dangling. oh sorry my husband you know just I jumped to... it happens it happens sorry um yeah so dun 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 sorry to depress you Well, don't worry, because coming up soon, I've got my story, which, as far as I know, doesn't involve any death, animal or otherwise. (laughs) Okay. But I need another drink, so let's take a quick break, get our drink on, and we'll be back for my section of the story. Awesome. See you in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're back and we are refreshed. Fresh drink in hand. <laughs> we are, yes, and we're ready to go. And I'm so excited to hear your story because it's a long one from what I understand, right? This is longer than my other ones, but yeah. don't worry, guys. It's not long in the like drawn out way, it's long because there's a good, fun info. So, this is, as you guys know, an end of episode encounter, counter, counter, counter. But it's weird to call it end of episode because even though it's like the second half of the episode, 
that usually sounds like it's supposed to be brief, and it's not. So anyway. Not this time around, but that's okay. Brace yourself. And I'm also uh-huh. not going to have a title. What? Yeah, because right. you're already going to know what it is in like the first sentence anyway. Oh. So a lot of you may have already heard about this. I haven't. Um, because researching UFO stuff is actually pretty new to me because I'm a super skeptic and I usually just roll my eyes. So now that I'm getting into it, it's pretty fun. So only stuff that really excites me. So here we go. This took place on January 8th, 2008 in Mm. Stephenville, Texas. Okay. Now, 2008, you and me would have been at January. We'd been dating about a year by that point. Cute. So I was more interested in drinking beer, partying, and college than I was about aliens. Ah, so nothing has changed except for the college part. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'd still be in college if I could, you know, if I I had money. (laughs) Anyway, so on January 8th, 2008, around sunset in Stephenville, Texas, and if you want to know where Stephenville is, just look at Texas, and it's really close to right in the middle. It's just west of Dallas. About 40 people witnessed an unidentified craft in the sky above Stephenville, Texas. And this is a small town. town of only like 17,000. So 40 people is kind of a big population number for such yeah, a small town. Yeah, it's a big town. deal. Yeah. The craft was described to be between a football field in length all the way. But, but But that was like on the low end. Other people described it to be even larger, up to a mile in length. How do you see a mile? Like, I know. How I, do you see a mile, right? Yeah. Already, we've got red flags. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. All right. It was described as silent, very fast, and had strobing lights. Okay. Some, but not all, of the observers saw military aircraft pursuing this one as well. They ha- oh, they did see it. Some did. Okay. Not everyone did. So this is going to be interesting as we get into this. It kind of has to do with some people agree, some people... Ah, we'll get into it. Okay. Now, the reason this one was so exciting to me is there's more than a few similarities between this sighting and the one that happened a, a little over a decade before this in Phoenix, the famous Phoenix Lights. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like 12 years ago for us, but Phoenix Lights was almost as long ago to them as it was to us now. Yeah. So um, the U.S. Air Force initially denied any aircraft were in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, Major Carl Lewis of the 301st Fighter Wing denied having anything flying that night, and other bases in the vicinity claimed the same. However, mm-hmm. on January 23rd, a couple weeks later, they changed their story and oh said God. that they were conducting training flights in the area and that they had 10 F-16 jets active from out okay. of Fort Worth. They claimed it was an internal communications problem that had been fixed, and that's why they weren't reporting initially. Uh, so they said it was a communication issue. Okay. Sure. Already, uh, I it's got just... interested because when, when, the, when the military changes its story, there's two answers. One, they're coming up with a different lie. Or two, honestly, there was a communications problem. Bureaucracies are like this. But it's interesting. It makes it a little it's bit saucier. Like if there was a time to not have an error, this would have been it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And been like, oh, from the start, be like, yeah, totally. We were there. So it should be noted that many of the witnesses were labeled as being credible and included multiple officials with decent backgrounds, of which include a pilot who was not flying at the time sure. and police officers and former military personnel. Okay. The pilot, a 50-year-old named Steve Allen, he's the one who got interviewed the most. He definitely seemed to be the most chatty of the Cathy's. 
He's such um, a chatty Cathy. <laughs> such a chatty Cathy. <laughs> um, the pilot, so so he was he's about fifty years old. Um, was sitting around a fire near Selden, which is a town very close nearby. Um, okay. When he saw the craft, using his familiarity with aircraft. He deduced that the UFO was moving at more than 3,000 miles an hour. He reasoned this because the craft wow. crossed the sky in a few seconds, where it would take the craft he flew, which happened to be a Cessna, very small airplane, yep. at least 20 minutes. I mean, I think that's hard to say because from his vantage point, like, what does the sky mean? The entirety of visible sky. But anyway, this is what he said. Well, I think he's like, since he's a pilot, right? I think he has a better gauge. And and I'm not a pilot, so I'm going to give him credit where... where, I mean, like, if I saw something in the skies, kind of like when you are deceived by the ocean and sailors would be like, nope, that is a lot further than you think. And you're like, oh, I thought it was like right there, you know? No, absolutely. So there's one where I'm just going to have to give him the credit sure. or, the, or the benefit of the doubt, not the credit, the benefit of the right, doubt. Right, right. Um, he also mentioned that two fighter jets were in pursuit. Now, this story is going to be a little discombobulated because I read this on like four different sources and they all had different interview quotes from him. So stuff gets mm. a little bit jarbled. Anyway, he said the craft was, quote, bigger than a Walmart, end quote. And the object was, quote, an arch-shaped converted in a vertical shape what? and then it split and made two of them and then these turned into fire and it was gone end quote <laughs> what? yeah your face is as confused as mine because that's not english that, it doesn't make any sense it sounds like he i mean you know how like people are like i can't describe it and you're like you have you try. have to try and he's like all right, <laughs> the, I'll try. It, it's kind of like when they were uh, describing the flange and the dingus in Rick and Morty. But anyway, thankfully, I've not seen that yet. In another interview, he clarified further, which really helped. Now, this was an interview I saw in Popular Mechanics. Now, a lot of my sources come from this Popular Mechanics article on this because they actually thoroughly looked into this. It was the most in-depth coverage of this. So um, maybe oh, I'll... Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He said the lights flashed, but they did so without a regular pattern, and they, quote, lined up horizontally, seven of them, then changed into an arch, Mm -hmm. then lined up vertically, and I saw two rectangles of bright flame, end quote. He says that they kind of drifted northbound, but then came back a few minutes later, but that time is when he mentioned that they were in pursuit by two fighter jets. His Mm. friend... I'm going to try to pronounce his name, Odom, O-D-O-M, as well as Odom's wife, apparently also saw the lights because he was at he was sitting in front of a fire in front of his friend Odom's house. Oh, okay. Later, when Alan went home, he contacted the airfield, and they said nothing should have been flying that night. Hmm. So he actually has contacts. That's interesting. But he's civilian, and he would have had contacts with civilian air, um, and they wouldn't know anything about the fighter jets. If there was, yeah, some sort of, yeah. right, okay, sure. So then uh, the other, uh, another important witness was police officer Leroy, I'm going to say Gaitan, G-A-I-T-A-N. Is he was Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> it's not Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. Jenkins. No, this is Leroy Gaitan who, oh, okay. I'm sure he's a cool guy, but completely less interesting than Leroy Jenkins. For sure. Uh, he was outside when he saw what he described as a red glow. He did not come forward about his observations until others had, though. Yeah. Okay. He's one of those fucking guys. Did he have his pop tarts pop and then he's like, oh, I forgot to tell <laughs> oh, people yeah, about there it. There is aliens. So I'm already just going to say it. 
I already don't believe anything this guy says. Okay. Because if if you see something crazy and you don't say anything until other people do it, I think it's just as likely that you saw something as you're... Arguably. And let me just put it this way. Um, not because I feel like this could be his case, but I do think that some people do reserve sharing information in in the fear of sounding crazy. Sure. So if other people have seen it and now you're like, okay, one, either he thought he was going crazy and is like, I'm not going to tell anyone. I, I, I might be losing it. Or two, he's like, I saw something. I don't want people thinking I'm losing it. And then obviously, you know, once he hears people talking about it, he's like, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe, maybe won't think I'm crazy. And if they do, at least I'm not the only one. And that's a fair point. And it is always nice to give credit where credit's due, but also understand the guy might come off like this. Oh, everyone's seen this. Well, I saw it too. And that's what it sounds like to me. Oh, okay. There it is. Now, <laughs> that may not be what happened, okay. but if if you see at this point going forward, if you see alien stuff and you wait to tell until other people tell, I'm just assuming you're a liar and you just want attention. Just saying it. Okay. Anyway, his description is also super vague, which helps his case. Ah. Very undetailed. He saw a yellow-red orb that was, quote, the color of lava in a volcano, end quote. So yellow. Sure. Um, But his story gets weird because he says, then instead of red orbs, there were nine or ten flashing lights, maybe 3,000 feet in the air. But I want to stop for a second. (laughs) He said 3,000 feet in the air. So the last guy said 3,000 feet in the air. Sure. And this guy said, so that guy was a pilot. I'm giving him the credit. It's like, oh, you probably know what 3,000 feet is. Yeah. 3,000 is a very specific number. For you to assess yourself. You and right. me, if I were supposed to gauge what something oh, 3,000 feet is. You tell me how it. high a cloud is. I'm like, uh, I don't know, yeah, high. W- once we get about above 50 feet, I'm like, if someone says, how tall is that building? I'd be like, oh, it's fucking tall. I guess that, that's a really good, that's a really good, uh, interesting thing. Because I would say that my perception of height is very based on the highest buildings I've seen. Exactly. And then above that, I'm like, oh, it's getting a little hard because I don't know how big that item is, like an, a plane or something, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. So um, this guy's claiming 3,000 feet. Well, the last guy claimed 3,000 feet. This is sounding more like he heard the stories exactly. and he's regurgitating. Right. Once again, guy might be full of crap. So, um, he said that it hovered for a few minutes and then shot off at incredible speeds. I wrote speed speeds. So maybe that was supposed to imply it was super <laughs> speed fast. Speed speeds. All right. So that's, that's enough of this guy. So we, okay. we can take that with a grain of salt. Sure. Then there's... I love how you're so reluctant to tell people's like stories when you're just so over it. Because <laughs> well, like when I'm I tell, when I tell my crazy theories in my stories, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to present this like it's valid. And you're just like this guy's insane anyway let's move on (laughs) then we have james hughes h-u-s-e he's a former air force uh navigation specialist he apparently also saw the craft okay he claims to have seen two red orbs in the sky he claims they were two thousand feet in the air different but once again this guy has a little bit of credit and he went with a different number which i liked (laughs) um the variety actually makes it's like when you're copying someone's homework and you're like i can't be exactly the same (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have to get a couple wrong or else teacher's gonna right (laughs) um he said it was about a half mile from his position however he said there were uh he said the object was only moving at maybe 60 miles per hour okay that's really slow but he did acknowledge it was silent so he did that was something that was in agreement. There isn't a single case where someone said it wasn't silent that okay. was at least brought That's cool. forth. Yeah. Okay. 
I like that that was similar. Yeah. Okay. Then there was another witness who said that it was moving so fast he couldn't follow his binoculars. It's super simple. We can take that with a grain of salt as well because there isn't much more information there. Okay. <laughs> um. After all this, after all these sightings, a whole bunch of news crews showed up for the incident. Like... Within the next couple days, the whole town oh, became really? a circus. Kind of like you see in movies. I know. Apparently, there were news crews everywhere, and the town was not happy about this. They were very oh. unhappy about this. Um, so this was this was a big deal, and a lot of the people in town were very upset. And this apparently led to anger between the people who saw things and the people who didn't, that they thought it was just a media circus that was fake, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Well, we have Emil Steiner, who writes for the Washington Post, but he also posts on a UFO blog called the UFO Chronicles. On February 12th, which is about a month later, Mm -hmm. he posted a very interesting story that makes this a little bit more interesting. Apparently, Angelia, 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 yeah, I'm going to go with that. Angelia Joyner, who's a reporter who was the first to write about the sightings, was fired from her post at the Empire Tribune. She claimed what? she was told to stop writing about the sightings because people of influence in the community were embarrassed by oh. all the media attention that brought to the area, and she didn't, so they fired her. Mm. That's already an interesting thing. So, yes, I actually do believe people of influence don't want the media there anymore, just like I said, but yeah. getting fired because you want to write about credible reports that people have seen things. Not necessarily writing that aliens exist, but writing actual people's interviews and and reports of seeing stuff. She got fired. Okay. But, like, also, I guess I'm... It's not that I'm not thinking this is possible or, like, that it's weird. But sometimes, like, if someone told me to stop doing something at my job and then I didn't, I think they would probably fire me, too. I'm with you. Uh, I don't think you're wrong to say that. Whether or not... Because, you know, like... You know how, like, if, especially in a newsroom, they're like, no, there's other things to True. cover. We're done with this. You're obsessed. You know, you don't know how her behavior was either. You're now, right. Granted, I'm not trying to take away from it, but at the same time, it's sounding more like she just kept doing something they told her not to. She was possibly obsessed. Maybe. Yeah. yeah you're like, okay, well, you know, there, no one's stopping you from writing it in a different way, like True. through your own means. True. You know, don't use the resources of your company that is paying you to do other things no absolutely i think that's um, a really good point yeah i don't know but i also think how annoying can a reporter be so uh, <laughs> what i i mean i'm picturing 1950s like nah, let's get some get some news here see He's no, licking no. his pencil and <laughs> opening his pad but what i mean is as long as she wasn't avoiding the stories that the newspaper wanted to make sure she was yeah. covering which which would have been a firewall offense for sure but like if she just wants to do research on this, why would they fire her? But maybe it's because it's the only thing she was writing. So you're right. I don't have I don't I don't have any way to judge her character. Yeah, but I, I think don't it's know. interesting. A reporter did get fired. That's true. So it does sound like there was pressure. Like this whole cover up uh, idea. Yeah. I hate the idea of a cover up, cover but up. this is interesting. <laughs> All right. So, and then we've got Rick Sorrells. Okay. S-O-R-R-E-L-L-S. I just want to make sure the names are right because if you guys want to look them up online, they deserve to have their quotes and everything understood correctly just in case I accidentally mess something up. He saw the objects while hunting in the woods. He mentioned that in the time since he had seen them, military helicopters have been flying low overhead his place. Mm, His place. And that he's getting strange phone calls. (laughs) 
But then apparently a man came to his door and threatened him, stared him down, warned him that they had more guns than him, and then walked off into the woods. Awesome. I'm just going to say this guy's crazy. Does that? Well, I mean, like. <laughs> this is apparent. These, like, these are paranoid. No, no, sure. I mean, if some, if a military guy came up to me and said, I have more guns than you, and I'm like, I know, I'm, I'm fairly certain you do. But it seems like that would be a threat for this guy. Like, he tried to intimidate telling me he has more right. guns, and he probably does have a lot. Yeah, I, but, I doubt. I don't doubt that. But but we're one. This guy might not have been military. He could have been. He could have been a guy even just wearing camo. He might have been wearing camo for, for sure. But two. But why? He's picturing like he he probably did hear helicopters, but he's assuming they're flying close over his house. Yeah, and, it's getting a little paranoid. And then he's getting weird phone calls, which might have been from people telling him to shut up. He sounds like. The crazy person. He honestly sounds like the tinfoil hat guy of this story. Sure. And he seems like the least credible witness. Oh, but he seems okay. crazy. When I hear this, I'm like, I'm not too interested in your story because you sound like... I want to know more about these phone calls, though. I do, too. Are they sexy? <laughs> <laughs> are they heavy in breath? <laughs> the aliens are talking to him about like what they're going to do when they have him. You awake? What you doing? <laughs> you up, yo? <laughs> Could you wear the see-through camo next time? I know. Anyway, I just wrote in my notes, he's crazy. Cool. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a nice guy, apparently. Yeah. Remind yourself, he's crazy. I'd also like to point out one last thing that was very funny is before the Air Force reversed their notion that there were planes in the area, they mm-hmm. said there weren't and they were, they put out an absurd claim. Awesome. They said that they that people must have been seeing reflections from commercial airliners. Reflections like shadows, or like some sort bright- of reflection. Like I don't know what about you, s- but whenever I see jet airliners, they're not close enough that I can see reflections. No. So their notion was that maybe people were seeing reflections of commercial airliners. Sure. Good. Now, <laughs> the, the, I just want to point out that this sounds. This is a very weird thing for the government to claim. Especially considering that not long after, they fully admitted that they had to acknowledge that there were 10 fighter jets in the area. It was such a bogus thing to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was like a default response that they're told to say, like, just say this when people claim UFOs just to get them off our back. Or maybe there is something slightly to hide there. I mean, 10 fighter jets doing an operation at night, maybe maybe that's a complicated thing going on there. All right. That's true. So now we're going to get to my favorite part of the story. So what makes this even more tantalizingly interesting to me is that this event, this sighting, was investigated by the Mutual UFO Network. Nice. So I want to talk about the Mutual UFO Network. This is very important. So the Mutual UFO Network, which gets abbreviated as M-U-F-O-N, and I've heard people online pronounce it the MUFON, but I want to call them Muffin because it sounds funnier. Aw. So from now on, they're the Muffin Network. The Muffin. So they were established in 1969. They have over 3,000 members worldwide. They document UFO encounters. They claim to be people who are trying to accurately document all UFO encounters using science and everything at their means. Okay. However, a lot of notable and important critics have problems with it because they are very known for using pseudoscience and cherry picking information to fit their needs. 
which sounds very much like most UFO conspiracy theorists that I know. I yeah. believe that. Yeah. So we have to be careful. But what makes them interesting is they are probably the largest and most renowned UFO investigation thing. And they document, like, people call them all the time and they get all kinds of reports, but they don't go out and investigate things often. Mm-hmm. They have a very short list of things that they've actually gone out to investigate. And we're talking things big like Phoenix Lights. Okay. We're not talking like some guy sees something in his in his backyard and they go investigate. No, no. They, they want stuff where there's lots of witnesses, but they should also be credible witnesses, where there's enough information where they're like, there might be something here. Like they so have a level of understanding. They're, like, they're picky. And so this brings me <laughs> to why I'm investigating this story. Was because when I read about Muffin, and I after I got over <laughs> laughing about how funny their name was, Muffin. Um, I looked at the cases they researched, and there weren't that many like in-depth research. They document a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of information. There's a lot of people writing. There's a lot of hardworking people. Sure. You know whether or not I trust their evidence, their, their research is irrelevant. Like there's a lot of people working hard, but they don't have that many that they fully investigate. And this was the most recent. Whoa! And I got really excited. And I'm like. I have never heard this. This happened, you know, not too long ago. And so let's talk about Muffin's research. Let's do it. They went out on January 18th, which wasn't much. uh, It was only about 10 days after. Okay. And they set up an open hearing in the nearby town known as Dublin, Texas, very nearby. Nearly 200 people came by to tell their story. Wow. And thousands of people tuned in online (laughs) to, like, hear this. Awesome. That's a lot of witnesses. That is a ton. However, it gets funny because some of those stories were people telling events that went back 30 years. Okay, so they're just saying, I think I saw some not relevant to that night or, or that day Or maybe they didn't even see something that night and they're like, but I believe there's UFOs. I once saw like, I once saw my nan totally abducted. Oh, and, right. Yeah. yeah. Weird. <laughs> my nan? <laughs> I'd like to, <laughs> right? <laughs> So this is this is this is where I give a little bit of credit to Muffin because of all these 200 people that came forward with their story Muffin only considers about 20 of these reports to be credible or useful. Oh wow. Okay, so they really They're being a little more specific, which I like. That's good. I like that. It has to meet a certain criteria yeah. almost. Yeah. They also filed Freedom of Information Act requests to a lot of agencies in the area. Two of them actually replied, including the Federal Aviation Administration and the National Weather Service. Okay. Um, they gave what they considered relevant radar information to the area and Cool. Time. Nice. Muffin, with all their data, interviews, and stuff, they wrote a 77-page report of the incident. Awesome. Cool. So apparently, you know, it's a it's, dissertation. It, yeah. I mean, it's well thought out and it's, well, in the sense that like they took the information and they analyzed it in my, I hope, appropriately, right? I'm pretty sure if we went online to my Reddit account and copied everything I've written about Moon Knight and reply to people, I might have about a 77 page report on Moon Knight. <laughs> All right. Would it be wrong though? <laughs> everything about Moon Knight is right. <laughs> My point is, is that I feel like you're giving information, which is what they did. Yeah. There might be 200 people's opinions on Moon Knight, but only one is credible. Mine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this this let, let's go into this report just a little bit. This report was written by Glenn Schultz and uh, Robert Powell. 
Schultz actually has radar experience from allegedly working at White Sands Missile Range. So all of a sudden, I like his credibility. He knows about radar, and they already have radar information. Mm -hmm. I'm actually interested in what he has to say. However, we have Robert Powell, whose claim to credentials is that he used to work with semiconductors at AMD. AMD makes uh, processors their competitor to Intel. It's a great company, but... Can we stop for a second and go, what point does semiconductors have anything to do with UFO investigation? I'm, yeah. It does lost me. This was, this was them begging, because they mentioned this at the beginning of the report, the abstract, that this oh. is what this guy does. I'm like, they're begging to say, look, he works in a skilled scientific field. He has to be credible. No, he doesn't have to be credible at all. You can, you can be crazy. I guess as long any- as it has something to it, like did he develop a software that would help? Yep. Okay, I don't know. None of this is relevant. The fact that they even mentioned it in the article already started making me roll my eyes. And I'm like, oh, okay, is this how it is? And I, it brought back the notion that people criticize Muffin for their uh, pseudoscience, where I'm like, you can't just say because a guy has a degree in biology doesn't mean his opinions on UFOs are even credible and or relevant. No, but they're it could not. say, like, at least they're science-minded or someone who... If that's where they're going. They just said this guy worked on processors. That doesn't mean anything. It means he. It means he's good at math. Yeah. I mean, um, there's plenty of smart people and dumb people who can be good at a lot of different things. No, no, I understand, but I think like whenever you're trying to imply, I think the the notion, and it's not that I necessarily agree, because I think anyone's integrity is more important is just as important as anyone else. But I think in general, more people are likely to believe someone in that position, or if they're like a doctor, because. I think people believe that they have more to lose in in, in, okay. in, in one way or another. Because then now in the field that they work in, what's good about that? And that requires a lot of energy and effort and, that's fair. and, and credibility in itself. No, that's fair. But um, he no longer works for this company. Okay. <laughs> this is something he did in the past. Ignore everything I said. Then. And, I mean, but I mean, if you're if you're a doctor and it's relating to the medical field, if you're a medical doctor, really the medical field, yes, that's relevant. If you're a, a doctor of like physics... But, I mean, I have a bachelor's degree in art, but, yes, it meant I went to higher education to, like, an extent, I guess. But I don't think I'm any more credible to talk about UFOs than someone who isn't even through high school yet. Like, the the, the experience isn't relevant is what I mean. Okay, sure. Um, it's all just... Uh, yeah, okay. When I already assume if someone can write a report, they have a level of intelligence that I'm at least going to be able to read their words. So okay. I was already... I was put off yeah. initially. No, that makes sense. Anyway, so with their the data they had, they concluded from the radar information they had that there were indeed 10 Air Force planes in the area. Okay. As well as an airborne warning control system plane. So this seems to mm. back up. like It's like the military is mm-hmm. like, you know, we have 10 planes. We got to say it. There's data. It's there. Mm-hmm. However, the radar also detected another object that wasn't putting Ooh. out identification signals. It is unidentified. It was shown to travel Amazing. at variable speeds. Okay. Often slow, less than 60 miles an hour, but sometimes very fast. Now, I got two different numbers. The okay. The abstract on the Muffin report said um, as fast as 2,000 miles an hour. Jeez, okay. However, the Popular Mechanics article that seemed to have thoroughly read the report, I didn't have the full report because I didn't want to create a membership or anything like that. <laughs> Their their data suggested 523 miles per hour. That's still very That's fast. That's still fast, but I mean, not as fast as 2,000, but... But here's the thing. This object was on the radar for over an hour. 
Oh my, okay, that's awesome. It is awesome, right? Yay. All right, now there's a few more things before we start going into analyzing this. In the fall, so this happened in January, in the fall, some more sightings occurred. In that same year? Same year. Okay. Um, The objects and lights that were seen were described in a very similar manner. Mm. Arcs and such. The arc thing, like, are they, okay, so are they solid arcs or are things moving in arcs? It's supposed fashion? to be lights in an arc shape. Oh, okay. As, as the I pilot, think you probably said that. I just wanted to make uh, I think sure. his name was Alan um, said earlier. Yeah. So Peggy uh, Delaverne, I would assume, D-E-L-A-V-E-R-G-N-E, on November 18th, so that's exactly how long, how long after, she saw lights while taking her children back home from a basketball game. She saw the same two bright lights followed by the same string of lights that everyone else saw. Okay. All right. So that's enough for, of that's at least the, the sightings I'm going to cover, the firsthand accounts that I'm going to cover. So we should talk about this uh, okay. with what information we have. So what is interesting about this? Why am I excited by this? Number one, there were just so many people who saw it. I always love that. The, the more best. the more people who see something, the more excited I am. So so I can we can guarantee by how many people, you know, up to two hundred people had something to say, but at least forty people saw something. There was something to see. Mm-hmm. What there was, who knows? But this wasn't like one guy saw something and no one cried. Something happened in the sky period. Yeah, that happened. Okay. Um, another interesting thing: the military changed its mind. I love that part. That was exciting. It was yeah. almost, I still believe that there was a bureaucratic issue where there was communication error that I'm betting some people said, if people report stuff, you have to say military action didn't happen. But I still believe that there was something going on. An atypical military mm-hmm. event was happening. Yeah. So no matter what, everyone agreed that there were fighter jets. Not everyone, but a lot of people said there were fighter jets. So we know fighter jets were present. The military had some involvement, period, no matter what. And they had to change their mind and officially Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. that makes it exciting. The other thing that makes it exciting is that it was silent. I love that. Now, none of the interviews, and this is one of the first things I would have asked to all these people, they said it was silent, is could you hear the jet fighters? Because here, Uh. when our jet fighters are really high up, you can't really hear them. On a crisp, super cold day... Where, you know, you don't hear traffic or anything. You might hear a a rumble, barely. So if you couldn't hear this and you couldn't hear the jet fighters, this could have been really far away. Yeah. Which, you know, some people said 3,000 feet. That would make it even larger. Make it even larger. Exactly. What is it? It's the size of a planet. What's going on? But also, let's be fair. If something's that far away, what you're seeing does get weird. That's true. And you're not quite sure what you're seeing, which could bring into the credibility of... 10 aircraft being up there, maneuvers and everything might look weird. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're doing up there. All right. Other thing that made this interesting is that I wrote on my notes, muffin time. And what I mean is <laughs> muffin got involved. That excites me. Okay. With yeah. a bunch of people who are totally all about UFOs, but they're very picky about what they spend time researching when they take the minute to do it. And all the boom. energy, resources, you know, getting different people to to jump on board. Yeah, that would be... I get excited. Yeah, that's awesome. And the last thing I find super interesting is the radar data. The radar data... I think that would things be... Things happened. To be honest, that's the one I got the most excited initially. Well, you know, aside from the multiple sightings, but when you told me that... Because these people are just gathering data as, Absolutely. you know, business as usual. They're, they're They're capturing what they see in the sky and they saw... 
this. Absolutely. That's amazing. So now we should talk about criticisms. Like Definitely. things yeah. that we need to discuss. Um, it is a small town. <laughs> um, now, before you think that's me being a, a jerk, because I know yeah. you'd be like, eh, small town. No, I don't mean it like that at all. I love small towns. Um, no, when it's a small town and you don't regularly have massive amounts of commercial flights and flights regularly going okay. over the city, it does mean when something is less regular, when it does happen, it's going to be more noticed. Mm-hmm. So let's just say this was a 100% military operation. There was no UFOs, nothing like that. If we just assume that, we should give credit to the idea that there could be a lot of people who aren't normally seeing this. They see something. It does look different. I've not seen complicated aerial maneuvers and test flights or anything. I've never seen that. Or if I have, I didn't know I was seeing that. So I don't know what it would look like. And we should give at least a little bit of credibility to the idea that maybe this was a 100% military operation. And what people were seeing looked weird, but they don't know what it was. Sure. All right. Two, a lot of the stories were, this this is going to sound like the weirdest complaint, but the stories were very similar. And you'd think if people saw this, so we had one guy who was in the neighboring town and he saw one guy was actually in the town. Yeah. And you see all these different stories. The stories shouldn't be that similar because perspective alone is just different enough. Yeah, exactly. That since there were so many similarities, including those the the cop and the uh, the pilot both saying 3,000 feet, really weirds me out that how much of this story is... You're repeating what you've heard because you're like, man, it was high up. I don't know how high up it was, but this well, how guy close said, were these towns? Though were they very close? These are all very close. Towns. I mean, if it's something that especially if something that fast, yeah. Um, you know, it could mm-hmm. very easily be the same perspective True. at some point. Yeah. If you were going to give, you're like, wow, when it was finally above yeah. me, or when it was the closest to me, this is what it was. Yeah. Otherwise, people would just be like, oh yeah, at some point I saw it. It was small and it was yeah. nothing. I don't know. Well. But what I mean is, like, if we take the cop and the pilot, and the cop's like, oh, yeah, 3,000 feet, and I'm like, when most people will be like, it was high up there, I don't know how tall it was, but he says 3,000 feet, but he only tells people after other people tell their story, how much of these stories are people, what they heard, they're trying to make sure that they don't get dismissed as being And that's just crazy. anyone, anywhere. No, exactly. It's a very and reasonable human thing to do. And There's I honestly don't think that. it's even... Malicious, mali- no, or even not. on purpose. Like, I think some people yeah. just hear facts, and yeah. they're like... It's feeding their flame Absolutely. of what they already had, and then it's just amplifying it. And yeah. maybe without even knowing it, their memory is not shifting or changing, but becoming more colorful. And reinforce it with new information. No, exactly. Yeah. And you might, I don't know. It's kind of like when you tell a lie, you don't remember it was a lie or what was, what yeah. part of the lie. I don't well, know. When you're a little kid. Well, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. But. It does mean that I think that a lot of these witnesses aren't credible, which is why I was so happy when the muffin pe- when the muffin men, the muffin um, men, when they narrowed down all the information into just like twenty credible or useful interviews. I at least like that they seem to be being a lot more specific too, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's important to recognize that a lot of these, plenty of these people are going to be people wanting attention. Plenty of people saw something, but they don't know what it is. They're nervous. They don't have a whole lot of information. They were drunk. They were high. They barely saw (laughs) it. They didn't think about it. And there's a whole lot going there. So another thing that's really important is people did actually see fighter jets. Yeah. People who saw something they couldn't understand, but then they actually said, I saw legitimate fighter jets. They were able to distinguish the difference. Well, but, but, but they did see fighter jets. Yeah. Meaning 
even though the military changed their mind on some things, there were fighter jets out there. The military said there were fighter jets. Fighter jets were seen. If we just for a minute assume that there's no aliens, this could have been 100% a military operation. And it could have been something people hadn't seen before. But it doesn't. And I'm going to get back to this. Doesn't necessarily mean it was an alien thing. But see, here's the thing. I feel like that gives it more credit than it is. Ah. Because they denied it, and they said that it, they were there, and no one believed them. But if and it's a that, top secret operation, they have to try to keep it on, in cahoots. And we're going to get to this. Sure. I have more to talk about. Oh, okay, this. but just real quick then. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I would be so upset if no one believed me. But saying that, I'd be like, yeah, I know the difference. I'm not this like small town ignorant whatever you're trying to paint over me that i wouldn't understand the difference just because something doesn't always happen doesn't mean i don't understand what it could be true that's fair. i've never i've never seen certain animals in real life but i'm pretty sure if i saw them i knew exactly what it was unless it's a mink i've never seen a penguin you've whoa mind blown you've never seen a penguin i've never seen a penguin in real life i've been able to pet a penguin what the hell yeah <laughs> when in boston Oh my god! Well, I'm not in Boston, and I'm in Albuquerque. So they have the the um, they have the penguin exhibit now, though. Yeah, the giant. Well, it, at, our, it, at our local zoo, I think it's open. Was I haven't it open? been to it since. Well, we ha- I hadn't been to it either. But yeah, I was at the giant penguin exhibit, and it was an emperor penguin, and there was a zookeeper there, and I remember telling them my girlfriend. Oh my! Loves, I want to kill myself. <laughs> loves penguins, <laughs> and um, they were feeding them little fishes, little tiny. Aww tiny long silver fishes and um i was allowed to feed it one but they had to be very specific they told me like i had to hold my hand in a certain way so that it couldn't like bite me or anything yeah um and then they said i I couldn't pet its head for some reason they said it was an angry penguin oh (laughs) but they said that if i touched it on its like wing it was fine and i did and it felt wet well, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but yeah. penguins are abs. I-, I never had a thing for penguins until you told me about them, and then I saw them close, and now I think they're pretty awesome. Yeah. So again, if I saw a penguin, I'm pretty sure. But what about a mink? I wouldn't know. It was I a know mink. what a mink looks like I too. Have no idea what okay, it looks like. Okay. Well, going back to the other thing, my knowledge of mink apparently, I'm very uneducated on a lot of animals. I think if you saw it, you wouldn't be like. Is that an alien? It looks like an animal that would be like, is that just a weird looking ferret? Okay, so ferret. Okay, I, I'd buy that. If, someone, yeah. if I saw a ferret and someone said mink, I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. All like right. you wouldn't be like, ooh, alien. No, you're like, oh, it's an animal. I just don't know what it is exactly. So again, that's how I feel about the situation. It's like no one believed them that they saw the fighter jets. Then sure. it was confirmed. No one's still believing them that this they saw a different object. They have no reason... To just add one and not the other. Okay. You know, why wouldn't, why would one suddenly be real and then the other one's still fake? Okay. I don't no, know. No, that's, that's a really good way to look at it. I wasn't looking at it that way and I think that's worth taking note of. I think that's interesting and it's, and it's a good way to uh, analyze the situation. I yeah. like that. Anyway, yeah. Well, so here's another issue and it has to do with the radar. So... Radar isn't a miracle technology. It's a complicated technology. It's not super simple. And so you can go back to when radar was first invented. And one of the problems that we've always had has to do with what's called radar ghosting, Mm. false echoes. And that's where you see sounds and uh, reflections of things that appear to be objects that are moving, but they're not. Sometimes they can be stationary objects like buildings or trees. It's an incredibly complicated thing to explain how these echoes occur i only know that because when i tried to read 
I was getting confused. <laughs> okay. So I can't regurgitate it because I was getting lost. And they even mentioned this is a very complicated thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in recent years, and, you know, even up to this point, they probably had it, but especially afterwards, we have new software algorithms that filter through this stuff. So a lot of recent radar detections cut out a lot of the stuff that you don't oh, see anymore. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So um, I don't know how much of this could have been ghosting. It's important to note because ghosting can sometimes picture very large objects, and sometimes these objects appear to be moving very fast, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Just something that happens. Now, a former Air Force pilot, James uh, McGaha, M-C-G-A-H-A, he was a longtime UFO skeptic, which means I'm already a fan of this guy. Yeah. Because... I'm totally down to believe in UFOs, but I believe being skeptic is the only way to do it right. Um, He mentioned, quote, they had a huge amount of data and they just pulled a few bits of information out of it and drew the line, end quote. So he's talking about Muffin's response and he said there was so much radar data and it looked like they were very specifically picking out stuff that corroborated the idea that there's a UFO. Okay, so again, the cherry picking. Cherry picking. And And I am willing to give this guy credit because this is a freedom of information. This radar information is public. He was able to look at it himself. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. And so um, if you have an expert, a guy who's worked on this, I mean, he's he's able to see this and he's like, look, they're just, they're picking what sounds good. And I think that's important because how much of this information is actually useful? Because you could have three bits of information that suggest there was nothing there, but they have one that there was a fast object. And they're like, ooh, but we heard some interviews. We should go with this. To be fair, if we try to assume that there was an alien craft here, the idea that it would respond to radar in a normal way, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. So maybe we would see weird stuff that might seem like a ghost, but it wasn't. So this isn't necessarily to say it's not true. I don't want to put too much faith in the science of radar that it is or isn't picking something up. But I do think it's important to not take the radar information as being a de facto example of or of Mm -hmm. not a craft being there. Yeah. And so... um, If we bring this back to the Phoenix Lights, one of the explanations given by the military was that it was a bunch of discarded flares dumped from an A-10 plane. Okay. I remember that. As a skeptic, I think that's bullshit. I agree. They didn't work like that. I've seen the video of, Uh of the Phoenix Lights, and they are very weird. And I'd like to point out that the Phoenix Lights, which took place in the 90s, Mm There's video, plenty of video. <laughs> this though, this is one of my biggest problems with this story. No one has video. 2008, much later, we're talking um, early smartphones and ba- everyone has cell phones that can take some level of video. I'm trying to think. We've got I, nothing. I mean, it was before the smartphone, I think. Yeah, but, but even then, when we first met, I still had a phone that could take video. Maybe not the best video, but no one's I even mean, posting. I mean, pictures for sure. Yeah, no least. one's even showing crappy video. Like No, they were pretty no bad. Yeah, no one's showing Loch Ness video. Here's the thing. I think you're getting I think you're getting oversight because people did have phones and they could take pictures and took videos, but I remember these phones. They true. were one of the lowest qualities. It's very true. Of film. It's very true. And pictures because it wasn't there yet and it was just good enough because it was on your phone. Versus having an actual camera. There were amazing cameras at the time, for sure. That would have been able to capture a pretty good image or video. Uh, You know, there were camcorders, of course. So did these people have them accessible at the time? Seems not likely, you know? That's fair. But of the, you know, up to 200 people had stories. But of the 40 people who were sure to have seen this event, do you think of 40 
one of them would have tried to pull out even an old even if it was their old film phone, camera yeah. and tried to take a picture. I mean, I would think so. No one did. Of forty people, that's weird. To Sometimes me. I think, although, just because of being in the situation. Seeing something so bizarre, I don't know if my first reaction would be to film it, especially if it's like a ghost <laughs> or if it's an alien. I know you might be and you're laughing, but no, no, I'm I'm actually uh, I'm laughing because I'm agreeing with you. Because and I think you're making a valid I point. I just feel so compelled to witness what's happening yeah. and being like, do I really want to run inside? Yeah, or Agreed. find my phone because my phone is always gone for some reason. Like I never have my phone near me, and so I'm like, well, I actually literally look away from this insane yeah. situation yeah just to see just to capture and, and maybe and, some people would no, i don't and, know and i'm with you actually because you and me but we're the people that when we go to concerts together we watch the band because we want to be there whereas most people around us have their cell phones the whole time but and see we, that's you know, different that's prepared for the situation uh, i no 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 but, but let's uh, i just know so many people who and i know now it's a smartphone i think mentality. now would be a lot easier for sure no but now it's a smartphone mentality but i think there's so many people that it's half of their story is i want people to believe me okay that's fair this was 2008 though yeah okay so that's my only problem i mean i think most people have their phone on them all the time and i guess yeah if i was outside very likely i had it with me especially if i was driving or something i'd be like wow i can grab my phone in two seconds press a button and it's recording now but not in 2008 okay well i'm gonna end this with <laughs> chase's theory as i, I love tend it to okay always. cool yeah all right, so my theory is there was something going on with the military. Something abnormal, something that was meant to be secret. Whether or not a UFO, and by UFO I mean specifically here, an alien craft was involved, I don't know. However, I think it's important, and one of my favorite things about the Popular Mechanics article that they discussed about has to do with a lot of the things the military is doing is top secret and top secret for a reason. Yeah, of course. And it is not only probable that they might be testing new aircraft, new aviation technology and everything like that, we have documented accounts of this happening for decades, including, as they mentioned in the article, um, DARPA, who did a lot of top secret stuff, uh, they created blimps that were shaped like boomerangs that could fly at 60,000 feet and could remain up there unmanned for months. These were spotted by people as far back as 1990 and reported as ufos however it was made publicly available all this research it was made public and they were telling them no no not until 2004 oh okay and this stuff's there you can read about this stuff it's very interesting i'm actually really excited i'm betting this might lead into one of my future stories i'm gonna talk about they were being transparent about it no 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 at the time they weren't but they were in 2004 so my theory is that there was military operations going on. It was top secret, hence why the military had a fake story and had to reiterate because they realized there was so much attention they were not That's expecting. Fair. Okay. And was there a possible aircraft being tested that was bizarre? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was it a mile long and going a billion miles an hour, like people said? I highly doubt it. Sure. But I do believe it was weird, which is would explain why you're seeing weird stuff on radar, why the military was so coy about it, why people saw things that they haven't seen before. So I think it's unlikely that they were aliens, but I'm open to the idea because it's an exciting tingle to think about. But I do believe that there was some covert military stuff going on. And I'd like to think it's that they're creating cool technology to better man and protect us than it is 
two jets futilely chasing an <laughs> alien football field across the sky. Yeah. But okay. that's my story. Possible aliens. Yay. I believe it's probably not, but I do believe there's some secret shit going on. I love it. And uh, that is the end of episode Encounter, 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 Encounter. I went on a little farther. Because <laughs> it was extra encountery. Extra encountery. <laughs> oh, that was a good story. I loved it. That was creepy again because unlike the other one actually had footage, but this one had so many eyewitnesses. Unfootaged, but Unfunaged, lots of witnesses. but witnesses. So it's like... You can't have both, apparently, except for the Phoenix, Phoenix lights. lights. which is why that remains exactly. probably the most exciting UFO evidence I've ever seen. I am obsessed with that. I've read so much. And I hope you cover it just because, like, I think it's important. And I always love re-listening to that crazy event. And full warning, when you read about it, you want to read reports and interviews. Don't watch any movie dramatizations of the event. They're all terrible. <laughs> I've only seen one and can confirm it was awful. And we yeah. saw in theaters, too, because we were excited. So I don't think I've ever been more depressed leaving actually, a theater. One of our friends actually fell asleep. In the mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been more depressed leaving a theater yeah. than I was at that movie. I think I was just mad. At not even the money I spent, but the time was more yeah. valuable. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's all right. Uh, yeah. So, hooray. Two stories. I thought mine was going to be a lot shorter, but when I looked at the time on the stamp here recording, I'm like, wow, it was a lot longer than I thought. And then I knew yours was long. So, hopefully we can make this work make it less than two hours yeah uh so that's what we have for you today dog suicide and ufo sightings over texas <laughs> so the same they belong together like nothing. like like butter and marmite <laughs> <laughs> like, butter and marmite go really well together i was gonna say ice cream and marmite i feel like people would like that too because everyone butter is spread for marmite i'm the only one who doesn't Oh, really? I literally, I was trying to find something gross with it, and I just don't like Marmite. No, but that's, well, it tastes better with butter, but that's why I put Marmite on tortillas instead, because they're buttery by nature, and that, it works perfectly. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Then, uh, ice cream and Marmite. (laughs) Ice cream and Marmite, it is. Gummy bears and toothpaste. Oh my God, that's disgusting. Yeah, right? Orange juice and toothpaste. Oh, the ultimate evil. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Yeah, I hope you had uh, fun, and I hope you got at least creeped out, and I hope I didn't depress you too much, but I think it's, I think it was a good time. So keep your dogs on a leash, make them know they're loved. And keep your camera on hand. And keep your camera handy. <laughs> and with that, I say, the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. See you later, guys. <laughs>